0: Hi readers, I'm Jordan. And I'm Katie. And welcome to Not Another Heroine, the podcast where we break down the best and worst fictional heroines. Those swashbuckling ladies who have to work a little harder than expected for their happy ending.
1: This week, it's time to review our heroine in a Q&A session better titled, This is Why Katie Hates Brand. So before we jump into things, we should probably announce our next book.
0: Absolutely. We are reading The Stardust Thief Mm -hmm. by Chelsea Abdullah. Brand new, released this year, recently? No, it was released in June of last year. Oh, okay. uh, Book one of a trilogy, Mm -hmm. and books Mm -hmm. two and three are not out yet. Correct.
1: One is releasing this year, though, at the end of this year? November, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah. And then one in 2024. Mm -hmm. If you're listening to this in the future, it is... (laughs) January
0: 2023.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm getting real, what is the word, not insinuating, but full of myself, cocky, that I think that people are going to be we'll listening to listen this podcast in 20,
0: 2024. <laughs> uh, well, we, we hope. I have
1: high hopes high dreams also we need to address we things. need to,
0: <laughs> there's a very important issue that we have not addressed since episode one the flashlight issue. flashlight so if you do recall the fire sticks that we yes. tried to describe as both flashlights and glow sticks <laughs> um in my defense i knew the glow
1: sticks was not right i
0: i also knew glow sticks <laughs> weren't right um However, we have been informed by a very kind listener that police, in fact, don't use glow sticks. They use. They I'm sorry. They use. I just imagine some police officers waving around glow sticks at a race. Uh, yeah. Um, they're mm-hmm. called flares, flares. In case sticks. you are, if you, you're waiting, like in breathless anticipation of this moment, they um, are called flares.
1: I just imagine people are sitting in their car, just like absolutely dumbstruck like
0: it's (laughs) flares it's flares it it, it took you five episodes to answer this one (sighs) one part and
1: i was talking to jordan about this the other day but i swear to god i was in my bed thinking about what this fucking word was and it was a complete black space in my mind
0: we (laughs) promised ourselves not to google it and yeah mm -hmm.
1: i could have been held at
0: gunpoint and immediately died flares. (laughs) flares okay yes Case closed. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, let's let's jump right into some some book club questions because that's the yes. point of this episode. That it is. Oh, not w- flares, but no. We should we should revisit our episode structure. Oh
1: yes. So the first two ish typically episodes will be a kind of hit by hit play by play of the book. Uh, in this case, because. The book that we read was originally published as two books. It got kind of wonky, so there was four episodes, um, two for each book. If you can do math, um, <laughs> I can't. Do I math, can't. So <laughs> <laughs> my hands got. But sweaty. our heroine
0: Mel can do math.
1: So <laughs> oh, that she can. Mm-hmm. That's always like a little like thing like thrown me. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she can do math. I can't. Cool. That's clarified. And then the fifth episode, or more typically, the third episode. Is a QA
0: session. That would be this one that <laughs> the, you're turning. The into. one that
1: you are listening to currently is the <laughs> QA session where we hypothetically will answer questions.
0: Uh we'll get detoured and gossip <laughs> and probably hate on some reviews that we disagree with.
1: Yes. Uh you can call this the tangent episode. Yes. Where it's like, I'm gonna listen to this very low stakes, um, cleaning the house, need something to kind of listen to to get you through it. This is the one. <laughs> no brain power
0: required. <laughs> exactly. It should be fun though. Question one. Yes. Had you heard about this book before starting it? Do you think it was over? Ober. <laughs> <laughs> do you we'll think just... Uber, <laughs> Do you think it was overhyped or should be celebrated
1: more? So, I'm trying to think back because um if you've listened to the other episodes before we before this one, obviously. Uh, I've read this book before. We read it for the podcast. I was probably like twenty, so a handful of years ago. Um, can't do I've math. Definitely on the fly. just heard a
0: handful of beers
1: ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are drinking cider, but <laughs> a handful of years ago. And I want to say it was not one that was on my To Be Read TBR uh, shelf in Goodreads, and I just kind of stumbled across it randomly and saw that it kind of had some good reviews. I was like, maybe I'll get around to this. But then I saw on Amazon that it was only like $3.99 or something. That is shameful.
0: I what part's shameful? The price. I'd pay I would pay like old school hardcover (laughs) price for this book.
1: Oh, I agree. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I would initially. Like not having read it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the power of hindsight or whatever that it, in 2020 and um, hindsight, hindsight. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that <laughs> phrase is. Um, but anyways, yeah, I was like, oh, it's cheap, like a uh, very low risk. I'll just go ahead and read it. And I was immediately bewildered why it was not hyped up more. because. Again, like I've mentioned it a couple times. It hits all of the categories. You got the enemies to lovers. Like I'm in a whole reel about this actually. So check out our Instagram. Hint hint. It's much very nudge. well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got the core intrigue, it's got the anonymous letters, like it hits all Love of the motherfucking syllabus. <laughs> okay. So
0: if you read this book for no other reason, read it for the letters. Yeah, that's true. There's there's not many of them, but the few that are are just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. This is a support group for people that
1: fell in love with these letters and then got sad when the book was over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. So do you think it's overhyped? I feel like
0: we, oh. we hype it up
1: a ton on this podcast, but is it worth it?
0: Oh, absolutely. I don't think it's overhyped because no one knows about it. Mm-hmm. It continually surprises me. So I read this book when I was 12, 12 or 13, I think. And mm. I read it because my close friend, uh, who I was in – band with in the flute section together with uh she so so we were so little side note here uh we did not start as friends i hated her guts because i was a you know moody 12 13 year old as we all were but she was determined to be my friend (laughs) Um, (laughs) i love those people like i'm gonna make you like me (laughs) Mm -hmm, exactly and so we bonded over books and i think this is one of the books she recommended to me oh um and now funny Funnily enough, to quote Miss Katie here, funnily, funnily, Uh, my friend, her name is Jo, she's a writer in her own right. See what I did there? That was cute. Mm -hmm.
1: Writer in her own right. I'm going to be honest, the other day I spelled right, and I spelled it (laughs) R-I-G-H-T, and then I was like, that doesn't look right, and I had an existential crisis. (laughs) That's okay. Thank you. We've (laughs) all been there.
0: (laughs) We've multiple times. Yeah, anyways. Anyway, so- not overhyped at all and should be Mm -hmm. hyped up more. I agree. Actually, that leads us into... I was about to say, that's a mm, good segue. Yeah. The review. The review. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Okay. (sighs) I'll I'll explain how the Goodreads review works a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you want to kind of after that dive into the review itself. Yes. So there's multiple entries on Goodreads for Crown Duel. So there's one for the the joint edition that has both books, Crown and Court Duel. Mm-hmm. There is a separate entry for Crown Duel and then there's one for Court Duel. The joint edition has, I believe, about 24,000 reviews and most of them are positive. Also,
1: though, 24,000 is not a lot. Not
0: a lot. Not compared to... Um,
1: a Court of Thorns and Roses Yeah, Sarah has DeMoss, like 2 all her million books. or something. So yeah. many
0: reviews. Um, mm-hmm. And then Crown Duel, as a standalone like entry on goodreads has only 8000 reviews and the top community review um, mm. is a one star rating i won't <sighs> list the raider's name reviewer's name it is only a first name well, actually,
1: if you click on it, you'll immediately see no, what we, the review is. If anyways. you so, if you're
0: curious, <laughs> go go to the eight thousand uh, reviewed version of Crown Duel on Goodreads and read this review for yourself. But we have some we we strongly disagree with this review, and we'll kind of break it down for you.
1: Strongly is such a nice word because it makes me angry and
0: tired. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> because I mean, where do you want to even start? Because it's so this reviewer left. I almost want to read it word for word,
1: (laughs) which is maybe a little too mean, but there are so
0: many parts individually that made me angry. (laughs) Okay. I'll, I'll read one section here. Mm, mm -hmm. The hero and heroine of the book are not fit to hold the name. Okay. So
1: first of all, the audacity, because that is a very fucking aggressive statement to make right off the bat. This is in her second sentence of the review. Uh, Because First of all, what criteria are you using? And, like, second of all, anyone can be a hero or a heroine depending on the circumstances in which they are placed or, you know, in which life happens. Like, people in real life can be heroes and heroines. You with don't have very to have special, limited criteria.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you don't need special magical powers to be a heroine or a hero. Uh,
1: well, actually, um, according to this person, uh, you do. Uh, as she thinks that Mel is not overly strong or smart, and she possesses no magical abilities. Uh, As far as I can tell, her general likability is her greatest strength, but even that seems forced.
0: Excuse me? <clears throat> her gen- okay, so I would argue with general likability because she is not likable. No, people don't like her. Like, they only like her because she has the... Uh, Repu- uh, repre-
1: not representation holy shit uh katie your brain you're, you're
0: struggling today katie uh, i am so much uh have some more cider it'll help
1: i don't think it will because the word is still not coming to me uh your street cred uh, <laughs> the real person word for that mm. <laughs> uh rep- i wanted to say it again it's not representation
0: anyway I don't know. I don't know. What's with this. <laughs> Usually I do, and I can help you out a little bit, but I am blind It blanking. starts with an R.
1: This is flares all over again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am PTSD from this interaction. <laughs> uh, but she has this street cred. Okay, we'll just use well, this. Street cred is fine. The word, you know, whatever word for it. But she has the street cred amongst these people as being this crazy person that single-handedly attempted to take down the king of their nation as some like ho-dunk, you know, bumpkin country courtier. So it's like, no, she's not likable for her personality. She's likable because she has this like bigger than life, uh, just aura about her in like stories and mythos almost. She has ambition. Yeah, but she has this kind of like a big thing about her. So it's like, no, she's not a likable person at all, but that's part of what makes her
0: fun as, main character she's very human
1: yeah because also uh i don't want my heroines to always have magical abilities or be like overly smart or strong because i also as a person do not have magical abilities and i am not overly strong or smart as we have (laughs) we have just experienced through the whole r word (laughs) representing
0: we like we all we all struggle we all have our our good traits, or bad traits, our weaknesses and strengths. And the balance that Mel has as a heroine is fantastic. She's a real person. Exactly. Yeah. So that made me
1: angry. And then uh, do you want to talk about the rebellion? Oh, my goodness. Yes.
0: This statement really ticked me off reading this review. Okay. I'll just read it word <laughs> for word. Um, the, quoting the reviewer here. The rebellion is unrealistic in the extreme. No matter their birthright or station, an entire country following two teenagers into a hopeless war would not happen. Well, obviously, no, of course it wouldn't happen. And it doesn't happen in this book. The whole point of this book is the fact that Mel and Bran, fucking Bran, try and do this war. And it doesn't work specifically because they are young. They're inexperienced. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, They're also a
1: scapegoat. Like, that's very plainly uh, stated by the Marquis of Shevraeth and his parents. Like, yeah, sorry, guys. We needed someone to blame. Yeah, like, we just needed some catalyst to kick off King Galdron and then kind of stage our own very nonviolent coup, basically. Which is much more realistic. Yeah, but also, um, I will say that rebellions have started uh, with, like, two teenagers, like, Should we look at The whole Arab Spring? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm. Uh, The whole, like, Islamic Republic, the whole protests that are happening in Iran right now, like, that is not a great statement to make, lady. In 2011, when was the Arab Spring? Uh, Because that was all college students. Might have been a couple years after this. Probably, like, what, 2013, 2014? 2013
0: sounds right to me, but... Yeah. But, I mean, again... uh, where this is you, fantasy still like, did you even pay attention like i'll, I'll admit <laughs> like I'll, I'll read a book and not be fully engaged i'll right. i'll skim it i'll just want to get through it and maybe that's what this person did mm-hmm. but don't do that and then write this kind of review
1: yeah because we talked about it earlier but she gives the book one star which I, um, interestingly had a conversation with my, uh, partner where he's like, uh, I don't give out five star reviews because that's like, it has to be the book. I'm like, okay, that's fair. But I give like five star reviews out like candy. Um, but one star reviews should be, I feel like universally, you know, held for books that either are unreadable because of grammar issues or spelling, Yeah. Or there's, you know, some kind of uh, like moral issue mm-hmm. wrong with the book. Like they wrote some like fucked up stuff and you're like, no, this is not my cup of tea. I'm going to like DNF it. But for, oh, to re- leave a one star review for a book that literally in her review, she says it did have some good points.
0: Like you're at least a two stars now. Like, I don't know. I, I agree. I, I don't rate books. Like I don't leave a, a review or a rating for books that I do not finish ever. Mm. Uh, it's just just my review. And five stars I kind of reserve, but they're not – like if I start a book and then I just immediately want to finish it, I'll, I'll read it through the night. It keeps me up until 2 o'clock in the morning. That's usually a four- or five-star book for me. That's fair.
1: That's most books for me though. I have a very – like once you get me hooked, it's mm. like it's it's got to get over right now. <laughs> that's fair.
0: But yeah, one star seems – I mean, but like we just talked about you have a different rating style. Mm-hmm. I I do your partner does. Yeah. Teach their own, but still one star seems um excessive, very. And mean. Yeah, like <laughs> speaking of mean, her last statement in this review is I would not recommend it to anyone. <sighs> but lady, you literally said that it did have some good points. So how are you going to say that and, and wh- then why would you not recommend it like what's your foundation here like the rebellion is unrealistic even if that were true that's really it's it's a ya fantasy novel it's yeah. not <laughs> this wasn't complicated enough for me <laughs> yeah this I was wasn't... offended by the unrealisticness like honey you have <laughs> tree people and players okay <laughs> players players yeah um so to sum it all up we don't agree with this review. We think it's undeserved, and I'm glad it's only on the the eight thousand reviewed mm-hmm. version, not mm-hmm. the joint version. But still, yeah, it does not do justice.
1: Because I will admit that uh, when I'm thinking about reading a book, I'll look through the good Re- good reads reviews. That's weirdly a mouthful. Um, and if I see quite a few that kind of say the same thing in its negative comments, I won't read it. And so it worries me that when you have these reviews that have so many likes and I think even some of the comments on this was that she – people were like, oh, like, thank you for leaving this review. I'm not going to read this book. But it's like, how many people has she dissuaded – that's a word, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe.
1: Uh, I'm like 80% yeah, on Yeah, I think you're <laughs> yeah. Uh, but how many people has she dissuaded from reading this book for kind of silly reasons?
0: Like uh, – it's so and Katie and I talked about this earlier um which is it's okay to not like a book because you don't just like what it's about or you don't like the style of it like it's more plot driven versus character driven mm. you don't have to like it but that doesn't make it a bad book
1: yes there is a difference between bad books and undeveloped books or books that maybe aren't quite done or uh, need a little more baking time, you Mm -hmm. know, a little more thought. Uh, But there's a significant difference between those two. And Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of lost sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Yikes. It just makes me sad. Oh, she also uses the word willful. Uh, to describe Mel, and I even uh, went into the Googs, uh, and you did not just say the Googs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is what it is called. <laughs> oh, I, need, I need alcohol. After
1: that. <laughs> I went to the Googs, and willfulness is defined as stubbornly determined to have one's own way. So, I think to a degree that is true. But if you are going to pull out a word like willfulness to describe a character, like it needs to be pretty spot on because that's not a word, like an adjective I immediately would use to describe anyone. And
0: that's the quality she, this reviewer hyper on. Like she says, Mel has no other qualities other than her willfulness and her general likability.
1: But it's like willfulness isn't even the right word.
0: No. <laughs> that's what made me mad.
1: Because <laughs> like sure, Mel is like kind of stubbornly determined, but it's uh, if she really was, uh, her brother would be on the throne. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And she immediately just kind of gets rid of that idea after some reasonable points from the marquee. She's like, okay, yeah, maybe Bran isn't smart or enough to be on the throne. Like fair point. Cool. Okay. Okay. But if she was
0: stubbornly determined, like if Mel If the defining aspect of Mel's personality was her willfulness, she never would have been, oh, I'm ignorant of the world. I need to educate myself. I need to learn more.
1: Mm -hmm. I agree.
0: Yeah. So, um, dear reviewer, you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That was so polite. (laughs) Uh, We respectfully ask that you reread this book since it has Mm. been 12 years since you reviewed it. And I'd be curious to see what, what this person thinks upon mm-hmm. rereading it, because you know maybe when we initially read this book, we probably had different observations than we do now. I don't think so. I think I immediately liked. It.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm right. gonna be real. <laughs> but
0: also, what if she rereads it and she like hates it more? <laughs> oh, maybe don't re- don't reread this. Um, little reverse. <laughs> a little quick note on on Crown Duel and it's I don't know it's. History. Mm. Uh, I was digging on Sherwood Smith's website. Um, Nerd. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> does that necessarily felt deserved? <laughs> Come on now. Um, so it, I think, if I remember correctly, she wrote this when she was 20. <gasps> Um, so she was, yeah. Can you imagine what? writing this book at 20 years old? Oh What my an accomplishment of, in and of itself. Um, <clears throat> that makes me sad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> right? like, all I have is this podcast. And and Shira Smith's got some really cool backstory. So you should visit her website and read a little bit more about her. She's got another cool like catalog of books as well. that are nothing like crown duel actually. Uh,
1: that, Beautifully segues into in a question oh. since we have tangent for probably 20 minutes, maybe.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: not good at math. Um, what other books by this author have you read, Jordan? And how did they compare to this book? Thank you so much for asking <laughs> me this question.
0: I am delighted to answer. Um I have read a few books by this author. I haven't read her entire catalog. I've kind of dabbled here and there. Um, the one that sticks with me that I actually have reread. A couple times. Mm-hmm. It's called The Trouble with Kings. It came up recommended on my Amazon. The other you day. Sh- no, don't read it. Oh, don't read it yet, so we can oh. read it later and review it together on our <gasps> wow. podcast. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so The Trouble with Kings is delightful, and it is very much in the same style as Crown Duel. It's kind of in the. I think she, the author, places it in the same genre, like that fantasy, little bit of romance. Mm. Um, can you give us a synopsis
1: let me see if I remember it can be uh, like my mildly embarrassing one of the bridge kingdom mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> has the threshold here for synopsis
0: I if synopsises. I synopsis if I remember correctly it's about a I think there's it's centered to a party um, like a royal party and a bunch of royals are invited to attend oh okay. so it centers on a couple different princesses mm-hmm. and the main character is a princess but she's more of a um, quiet withdrawn intellectual princess type who kind of mm. sits back sits back and observes, the goings-on around her. Mm. God, I don't like the way that sounded, but we'll roll with it. Um, <laughs> and I don't I don't remember the heroine's name, but I remember really liking her as a character. She's mm. not like Mel,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, but she's still very relatable.
1: Mm. So uh, if Mel is the outgoing extroverted character,
0: this one is like the more introverted, like... Think before she mm. leaps kind of character, yes. And there's a very... Dark and broody, but not in a. (gasps) (laughs) There's dark and broody. Dark and broody king. He's not really broody. He's he's kind of chavreth in behavior. Just Mm. you know, a little hard to read, but still almost control freaky. I think (laughs) so. An amusing, fun way. (laughs) Yeah. So it's very much the plot revolves around some sort of princess party thing. Mm. It's it's light reading.
1: Is it uh, like Glass Onion in uh, Knives Out, or it's like
0: a clue almost? No, I don't believe so. Uh, but again, I, it's been a little while since I read it. Mm. But I did enjoy it so much. I, I originally read it on my Kindle, and then I went and hunted down a, a hard copy of it Dang. so I could have it here. Two copies. It's kind of got a cringy cover. <laughs> I they all do. Almost yeah,
1: real. <laughs> but
0: yeah, it's definitely worth reading. Uh-huh. So the Trouble with Kings. If you liked Crown Duel, read that one next.
1: Oh, thank you, Jordan. Oh, you're welcome. Probably more accurate than some of the, like, uh, recommendation AI on Goodreads.
0: Mm. <sighs> or the Kindle app. Yeah. Sometimes it's, read this free book. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. That's it was not good. edited. <laughs> no. Girl, that is the worst. I'm going to ask you a question. Oh, no. Are you ready for this? No. <laughs> Hmm. Okay, I don't know if you can answer this, but which characters did you like least? Oh, Bran. <laughs> Done. Buzzer in. <laughs> no questions asked. I mean, I mean, Bran is—he's a goofball older brother type. I get. So I think
1: that Bran would be not that bad if you're not related to him, and like because this is in first person, with Mel is like our it is us self-insert I get super irritated with him because just like it's cool to be honest and be like that goofy like I don't care about like social etiquette cues or anything but he inadvertently roasts the fuck out of Mel all the time, <laughs> all the time. I, mean,
0: I mean I I get that but do you have older brothers no I'm the oldest so, I will say, having had an older brother, I mean, mm. I still I still have an older brother. My, my older brother's <laughs> yep. alive. Let's clarify that. <laughs> that was a little uh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> didn't mean to go in that direction. But Bran is not that bad. He's just kind of stupid. Mm. That's kind of where I would argue. Like, he's a little yeah. oblivious. He's a little, uh, especially in the part two and court duel of the book, Bran mm. is very self centered. Mm. Yeah. He's like all about his new i got a hot girlfriend i got a rich lifestyle so uh i'm just gonna be me Mm -hmm. uh you're not into astrology are you i mean i'm a gemini
1: oh okay (laughs) um so (laughs) what do you think brand's astrological sign is Oh, because I think Mel is like a cancer or a Taurus where they got like a lot of emotional stuff going on, like under the surface. And they like take everything fucking personally. As Your like a Gen
0: Z is showing so
1: hard. <laughs> I, it's a reasonable like way to
0: category people, or categorize people. <laughs> category,
1: oh my um, God. We're going to
0: keep that for the rest of the podcast. Nice. Category people. Category people. Mm-hmm. Okay. I so a uh, cancer or a Taurus. Uh, so she's a crab or she's a bull. I would lean towards. Uh, please tell me you know what a Taurus is. I do. Yeah, a bull. I would, but maybe she's a bull. Like very direct. Like very direct. A little too blunt sometimes. Charges yeah. forward without thinking. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then regrets it sometimes later. Exactly. Yeah,
1: but takes everything very personally.
0: Uh, yeah. 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 So I okay. I'll admit. I know a lot about my own astrological sign because, Mm. you know, (laughs) (laughs) self-awareness. We're we're trying here. Um, But I I only know about like mine and Scorpio's. Oh, everybody knows about Scorpio's. Yeah, who doesn't, (laughs) right? Because a Scorpio will tell you all about Scorpio's. We all have that one friend. Um, So I don't know what Bran would be, but he would be that. I think he's like a, not a Sagittarius,
1: um, but that same kind of like maybe an Aries. Like that fiery energy, like wants to be involved in things, but I think Aries aren't as self-aware as Brian. Like he knows that he's like making social
0: blunders, but he just doesn't care. Yeah. So maybe not an Aries. Can we? Here's another question that's not on our book club list. Yeah. What does Nee? We're gonna call her name because <laughs> pronunciation. Nee. <on> <laughs> nee. <laughs> Knights of Knee. <laughs>
1: French people are probably like, are you fucking
0: kidding Please me? Please tell me you know what the Knights of Knee references. I don't. Oh my god. What's the Knights of <laughs> <Me>? <laughs> We're gonna come back to that much later. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> um, what does Ni nee see in Bran? Hmm. So
1: I think her whole story arc, in which is interesting because she doesn't get a lot of like character development like through the book. But I feel like hers is she's been stuck in this like very socially confining like environment her whole life. And then all of a sudden this like dude, you know, bustles in all accidental, falling all over the place and like laughing at himself. And he's like, oh, my God, this is like what real people are like. And then immediately like in love, maybe not insta love, but like
0: really close like on that line. That's fair because they kind of characterize me like. From like Mel's perspective throughout the book, as this kind of a country bumpkin courtier mm. aristocrat, like mm-hmm. she's kind of sidelined a little bit by the fancy people. Because mm-hmm. Does, doesn't she say like uh,
1: Lady Tamara has never like said she's a cousin in public ever until she's with
0: oh, Mel. Man. Lady Tamara, that's a whole. Other, I guess so let, <laughs> let's get into Lady that's Tamara a- later. <laughs> but yeah. I just can't, uh, Bran's a redhead. I don't got anything against redheads. <gasps> He's a redhead? Katie. I know. Katie, <laughs> in the very beginning. I just skip past like their the
1: descriptions
0: and I'm just like, the what only, do I think this person? I can like? quote this part of the book. The only thing Bran and I share are is our auburn hair and blue eyes. Like look <laughs> at the cover of the book. Uh, so that explains like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so now we know how Katie judges people. Uh, maybe mm. <laughs> red kids,
1: like redheads are in their own category. That's yeah, like a category like,
0: person. <laughs> they're like Scorpios.
1: I could see that. Yeah.
0: Like, I mean, the easiest
1: to identify, mm, like right off
0: the bat. My one redheaded friend is a Scorpio. That
1: is a lot altogether. Like mm. that is, that is a huge, that is your whole personality. You are a redheaded Scorpio mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. You that's, could have all kinds of like hidden depths, but nope. That's okay. That is okay. <laughs> They have Ugh. their
0: strengths too. They do. Okay. Yeah. Next question. We we need to mm-hmm. stay on track.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, if you were making a movie of this book, who would you cast as who? You question Stealer. I you. know. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was the fun one. We practice this question. Okay. So uh, I mean, we already talked about our hero, our swoon worthy hero and mm-hmm. who we would cast. So I'll skip over him. But we didn't he- record it though. I mean, I'm trying to save a little bit, but all right, fine, Legolas. <laughs> so, a- any of you who have seen Lord of the Rings, right? We know Aragorn, we know we know Gimli. I'm showing my nerdness right now, uh, but Legolas is the you know tall, leggy.
1: Oh. <laughs> Did you hear the like breathiness when you said leggy? leggy. He knows how to use a bow and arrow. Oh my God. We all had that like coming to Jesus moment at like 13 to 16, where we see Legolas for the first time. And the like air is
0: blowing his hair back. And you're like, Oh my God. Hello. You can do whatever you'd like. It's yep. fine. Just, yep. just continue being your elfy self. I know I'm like a preteen, but you know, like it could happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the Dan Ray. Red- uh, the Marquis of Shiveareth, mm-hmm. our hero, our lead, our—you know—this dude has got a lot of patience for what he has to deal with, oh my um, God, yeah. right? I that th- poor man. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I would necessarily cast Orlando Bloom, yeah. but like anyone who can kind of give that Legolas vibe. Mm-hmm. We, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking earlier. Um, Henry Cavill as the Witcher with his platinum blonde hair but his burly physique. Oh my god, yes. Oh man, but he would not make a good Mm Vedandric. He wouldn't. I feel like he could maybe like voice
1: Vedandric like really well but, um, oh, I, I got mean. shivered on that one. <laughs> I know. I got all like, oh my God. But uh, yeah, he's not like a thin-y, like, thin and willowy. Thinny, we're
0: making words now is what we are. <laughs> we are, but like willowy. And uh,
1: I feel like Vedandric is one of those people that everything is organized. He like wakes up at like 6.47 a.m. And then one minute later, he's like, okay, now I need to brush my teeth. And then two minutes after that, he's like, okay, now I need to make my bed. And then like Mel is like, I'm crashing through if I woke up at two o'clock in the morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But you know, it's interesting. They describe Vidanric in the very beginning that like he's always smiling. Like he has lines that yeah. says he smiles all the time and he's laughing at life. And he's just kind of a not a go-with-the-flow type, but like yeah. uh like, oh, you're cute.
1: Which um, is weird because like from Mel's perspective, which is what we get the, through the whole book, you you never get that side of him. You always get the very like reserved, like in control of his emotions, like is suave only because he's in the court and he has to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But so that's an interesting note actually about this first person narrative and crown duel, right? Mm-hmm. Because you read some other you know, heroin driven novels that are written in first person, but the author kind of cheats a little bit and gives you the perspective of the hero sometimes Mm -hmm. in a roundabout way. Mm -hmm. This actually preserves that, oh, we don't actually know what the hero is thinking. We're not going to jump to his perspective. We only get Mel's view of him. Yeah.
1: And I feel like that kind of like uh, answers some of her like self questions about what the relationship is and her like misinterpretations of situations where, like, it kind of makes you as the reader side with her more. Whereas if we got that dual POV, it would be – you would immediately be like, oh, she's a fucking idiot. And while, <laughs> and while you kind of, like, think that while you're reading, you also, like, empathize with her. You're like, okay, I understand her reactions. Like, yeah, maybe she's being kind of
0: stupid about it, but, like, I too would probably have some of these same reactions. Like- it, exactly. So that's that's what makes Mel unique as a heroine, right? Like, oh, you know she's making stupid – choices right like and you don't agree with what she's doing but if you were to put yourself in those same circumstances you'd probably do the same thing if you're you know i I don't know how old she is 17 18 years old maybe i don't know how old she is i well that's another note for later on in our discussion but
1: yeah because she's got to be like i think she's 18 because she has her like flower Flower day day.
0: but they they don't specify what a flower day is it 16 isn't 17 i think Brand's supposed to be around 21 i could see that um and that's a, that's another twenty-one year olds really knowing and leading military armies, all of all of that jazz. That is true. I you just ignore age and you Wait, assume you have to in this <laughs> genre, right? It doesn't make any sense. Otherwise, yeah. how do you, you don't have but that's another cool thing about Mel is her failures and her mistakes are very realistic for her age and her experience. Wow. I didn't even
1: uh put it in that like frame of mind. I just went like straight from her personality. It's like, okay, it makes sense. She's like Making these decisions and feeling these way about things, but when you add in the age factor, it's like, oh yeah, like all sixteen to nineteen year olds feel this way about situations and are very like self conscious about everything and like take things too personally. Like
0: that that checks out. That <laughs>
1: makes sense, right? Like I mean,
0: <laughs> but that that was the cool thing too, though. We mm-hmm. we started with this book because it's so good. Like we rag on some things, but it is so
1: underrated. That's the part, like, so I get that, like, right now, book talk and everything is super focused on, like, super spicy books that are maybe not, like, written well, but this is, like, not spicy at all. Like, it's, Oh, it's, it's very clean. Like,
0: (laughs) I would happily get, I think I have given this book to my mother and told her to read it. Uh, She did not, by the way. Um, Oh, my
1: God. But it's, yeah, it's, like, bland chicken with, like, a little bit of salt if you're, if you're just rating spice. But, like. It's wholesome. It's like cute and you kind of like are sitting it like, you know, wherever you're in your cozy chair reading this book and you're like squealing out
0: loud because you're like, "Oh my god, this is so fucking cute." Well, the nice thing though is yes, we, you know, on this podcast, we like to focus on, you know, fantasy romance, right? And that can be a lot of fantasy and a little bit of romance, a lot of romance and a little bit of fantasy. And this one kind of errs on the side of like A lot of fantasy, a lot of world building, like delicate world building, I would say, and Mm -hmm. just a touch just enough to keep you engaged and invested in the characters of the romance aspect, but you don't feel like you're missing anything. Yeah. And I
1: think that's something that she does really well is the uh, slow burn romance, which is like something that everybody loves right now that they're obsessed with, that people don't always do well because they just like are, you know, want to push this romantic narrative on the characters, even if it's like not set up or they're like not in the right mind frame, but she like develop it, develops it out like really well. Like the first part you were distinctly like, they are fucking enemies like i'm all team mel like fuck this marquee guy like what the fuck is he
0: doing but then by the end you're like oh my god like get together like fucking kiss already so okay so i read a really interesting article i it was either an article or review and i and i wish i could remember like so i could give the proper sourcing on this one right but they compared uh this story this writing style to jane austen and they said there's a lot of Mm. pride and prejudice elements in the story between Mel and Vidanric, Shavraeth, the Marquis of Shavraeth, whatever you want to call this, this hero. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this Mel's prejudice against the courtiers and the er- aristocracy. Right. Yeah. Um, and then poor Vidanric's just trying to be a good guy and he doesn't know how to communicate very well. So, and he's too proud to kind of like mm-hmm. admit like, Oh, actually maybe I can just need to be a real person for a little while. Yeah.
1: So if this was Pride and Prejudice, and I'm talking about the movie, the like, uh, Oh, the
0: hand scene. Yeah, the hand scene.
1: So... The hand scene, uh, for people that might not be familiar is when How uh, can you not know
0: the hand scene? That's fair, but like, you know, maybe some people don't know. I would hope our listeners know the hand scene in Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> We're talking about Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley, and we don't know the dude's name, but we all know the hand scene. Oh my god, yeah. She's getting into the carriage and she puts her hands out, and all of a sudden, this like
1: dickhead character is like, oh, let me help you. And then he has the like hand clutch moment too, as he's like walking away, like, why the fuck did I do that? And she, like Kira Knightley, is just like baffled like he's not an asshole and there's like all kinds of like emotions and like hormones running through your body while you're watching this and you're like this is the single most romantic thing i've ever seen and they just touched hands what is the equivalent of that scene in this book
0: oh my gosh i just got warm fuzzies thinking about that (laughs) you already know what my answer is gonna be right uh that scene, it, it's towards the end. So you really have to work to get to this scene. Mm, you have mm-hmm. to earn it. The author yep. makes you really suffer to earn your, <laughs> you, your fairy tale ending <laughs> on this one. But and I'm assuming our our very dear listeners have already read the book, I hope, because mm-hmm. at this point. At this point, because the build-up to the scene is so worth it. It's so worth not knowing what happens at the scene when you get to it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But but Dan Rick, when he's just pulling and tugging at those gloves like oh. one finger at a time and he's oh that could be taken in heart. an entirely different context oh my though. god yeah <laughs> like i said there's no spice in this book no <laughs> spice in this book but yeah so but danrick is very uh cleanly taking off his gloves <laughs> slowly and you know we know we know he's wearing the ring we we know he's- i didn't i did not so like i just, I guessed i guessed i'm not what?
1: i'm not totally stupid <laughs> but like i didn't quite know and then i was like i hope this is what it's gonna go but he told he took the gloves off and then i'm like oh the ring that makes sense like come oh on <laughs> I... I hoped it was him because what if it wasn't that would be who Akko. else would it be who would you want it to be i don't know some like other person are you thinking the duke No, he is just flirting with Mel because he thinks the whole thing is really fucking funny because he knows his best friend, the Marquis of Chevrolet, is in love with Mel and he knows (laughs) that Mel- You (laughs) love me, you want to kiss me. It's like all the little like sparkly emojis that you can put around love, like he knows it. He is aware and he also knows that Mel is completely almost more in denial than the Marquis
0: about how- Smitten. No, there's no almost about this. She's in full denial. Like we don't even, <laughs> we don't even get her character acknowledging the fact that she is even remotely attracted to Vidanark until true. until the very end. Yeah, there's like little tidbits, but it's like right before
1: that, like you know, the glove scene mm-hmm. that so, we will, you know.
0: But circling back around, that's the really cool thing about her character because a mm. lot of these like modern fantasy romance novels that we've been reading, there's a lot of like attraction right in the beginning, yeah. right? The heroine is like, oh, you're so hot.
1: Oh my god, that like my pet peeve because uh a court of thorns and roses like everyone always talks about akatar or whatever but like all of the characters in that are described as like devastatingly handsome or like the most beautiful man they had ever seen it's like <laughs> give me a character that like she right off the bat is like i fucking hate this dude he's trying to like win this battle and like kill me in this revolution like i fucking hate him and then it's like oh but maybe he's like kind of hot, but like only right before
0: they're like, oh, I love you. And it makes sense. No, we don't get that. So yeah, we don't get that at all with Mel. She is, that is the one, the, one of the most likable things about Mel is she is, she's not driven by that. She's not focused on that. She wants to save her people, save the, save the tree people, right? Mm-hmm. Like protect her family. Mm-hmm. Um, she doesn't even think about her own you know, self and what she wants wants as an individual. That's true. Right. I didn't think about it's that. very admirable. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm Either. not that admirable. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, no, no. no. Like, oh, you're, you're very hot. <laughs> yep. please, please come sit here. Oh
1: <laughs> I wrote that in my notes. And like, we're recording this before we talk about the whole synopsis is like a, a like a warm up kind of thing. Yeah,
0: we needed a warm but up. But
1: in my notes, I literally write somewhere after one of the scenes between Mel and the marquee that like, I would fold instantly. That was my note. Like. <laughs> Because, yeah, if I was in Mel's place, I would see this man with his, like, sparkly blonde hair and
0: be like, okay, well, this is over. I don't care about, you know, (laughs) fuck the hill folk. The poor, the poor ends. Like, uh, but Katie, we've already established you have a thing for Legolas. That's true. I mean, you're already doomed from the beginning okay hands down done well, then this is the, we picked the right book for you we did. <laughs> this, is, this is the perfect hero to start with okay we have we have gone sidebar after that is sidebar. true that is true one more question maybe yeah i agree mm, which one i'm i'm looking okay sometimes books start off strong but have endings that fall a little flat mm. then there are books that are a little hard to get into at first but are enjoyable after a while how did you find this one I would
1: say I immediately got into it after the first couple chapters. Uh, there's something kind of surprising about The Appeal almost where you're like, mm, at first when you're reading it and you're hearing about Mel and you're like, eh, I don't know. This is kind of like YA. And then all of a sudden there's some kind of like weird intrigue and you're like, okay, my interest is peaked. Um, but I will say that as much as I loved this book, the ending, uh, it didn't feel rushed, but if you were talking about it from an outside perspective, it would sound rushed, if that makes sense. Because I, I felt like all of the loose ends were tied up neatly. Uh, but if you think about it, they go and face Flaovic in the Capitol, and then he is – not murdered, but like transformed mm-hmm. um, into a, <laughs> to a tree, beautiful tree. <laughs> In probably like four or five pages, oh, yeah, it could you know not what? have been more
0: than uh, you know what I mean. Crown duel ends the same way, so that's the ending of court duel. Is oh the, yeah, is Flavik turning into a colorwood tree, and then Crown duel the the death of the king and the wrap up and Mel riding off into the sunset. That's also wrapped up pretty quickly. Yeah, I didn't even think about that
1: because I I kind of approached it that they were all one book. But mm-hmm. that's true because you don't even I think we might have talked about it in another episode, but you don't even get King Galdron's death on page like it kind of happens behind the scenes and they talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um but it, so everything felt
0: wrapped up, but it was very fast. This book could have both books if they were separated could easily have been 50 to 100 pages longer.
1: Mm, we did talk about that. Yeah. I cuz I agree cuz from an internal perspective. It's like, okay, like I feel like that story was wrapped up. Like I understand the ending, but it's like you could have, you know, like dragged it out a
0: little bit, you know, like, a little more <laughs> chivalry than male. Yeah, Actually, a little more romance. <laughs> didn't, okay, so one of the um, listeners mm-hmm. pointed out that there are additional.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, someone posted on our Instagram that the whole back of the definitive version has uh, extra. Uh, Stories from Chavreith's perspective. And then I was looking at them and I think there's one from the Dugo Savona's perspective Uh, too. I
0: read that one and it was good. (laughs) Then there's an extra one from Mel's perspective. I think it's called (gasps) Vidanric's Birthday Surprise. Oh yeah. When she, oh, Mm. I did read that. Uh, Should we talk about it really quick? It was kind of cute. By all means. Do you want to? Uh, I haven't read it recently. Girl. (laughs) I immediately
1: like finished the story and I'm like, oh, there's more. But uh, so in this one, uh, he's gone for some kind of like thing that's happening on the border. There's like some kind of like civil unrest-esque kind of thing, I think. And I could be totally butchering this. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, Mel has been practicing magic and it's for his birthday so that she can have this like kind of like amazing – beautiful like display of magical ability and like you know it's gonna be beautiful and she's super excited and but like also stressed out because it's mel and she's like oh my god what if he doesn't like it um and she's also been very like kind of uh moody about the whole thing like i wonder why she could be moody weird hmm. interesting because uh towards the end you know he watches it and he's kind of like uh not overly excited about it and so mel (laughs) has a meltdown (laughs) when did that ever happen during the book Um, (laughs) but she's like oh my god he didn't like it and she immediately starts crying and so uh, she like walks back to the rooms, all like pissed off and upset. And she's like, "Oh my god!" And I think in the scene, she's even like stacking her books away, like I'm just gonna burn these. Like I don't need magic books I'm anymore. Worthless as a witch. <laughs> I will admit, I have had a moment or two like that where you're like, "I'm not worth this. I'm just gonna burn it all." And it's like, okay, let's you know
0: take a deep. In breath. six months now, we're gonna burn our microphones <laughs> and yeah. all hail the podcast.
1: Yep, uh, that's fair. Uh, but anyways it ends up that his actual surprise is that she's pregnant and he's like um no i love the magic thing but i was like kind of expecting you to tell me something else because like i know something and i'm pretty sure you know that you're pregnant but like you never told me and she's like i wanted it to be another surprise and he's like (laughs) okay stop crying please (laughs) then they have some like you know cute reunion or whatever but um it was an adorable additional, like, to know that Mel is still Mel at heart, despite now being, like, a queen and stuff. It's like,
0: oh, yeah, there she is. Yeah. <laughs> she continues on. <laughs> that she does. And, uh, fun fact, Mel and Vidanric also appear as secondary characters in <gasps> other books in the same universe. Oh. I think the series The series is called The North Sunder Wars. Mm. Um, I've dabbled a little bit in, in those books, uh, but they also appear there. That's fun.
1: Mm-hmm. I get stressed out when authors do that because um, I've been on the opposite end where you're reading a book and then they bring in these characters and it kind of feels like you're supposed to know them and you're like, I don't know who these people I have no emotional <laughs> investment
0: in these characters whatsoever.
1: It's yeah. like, okay, cool. Like it seems like I should know them and that I should like them. But then it's <laughs> kind of
0: like Christmas when you realize, oh, there's three books dedicated specifically to those characters. That is true. Yeah. Because
1: uh, it's also sp- stressful though when – the character that uh, you're so you're reading the book and the main character doesn't get along uh, with the other characters. It's kind of like uh, creates like gang wars where you're like, I'm not gonna read those books. Like she doesn't like them, I don't like them. Like this is how it is. There was like an indie author that that was kind of the vibe, and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna read those. But then I did, and they were good. So
0: lesson there. Benefit <laughs> out. Lesson there. Give for the other characters readers. a chance.
1: Yes. Especially Um, if they're
0: described as willful.
1: (laughs) I'm going to fight this person. (laughs) (laughs) I think that is where we will end our episode. So from our shelf to yours, we'll see you on the next page. Hi, readers. If you'd like to help us pick our next book, send us a message on Instagram.
0: Or if you'd like to just listen, we post new episodes every Monday on Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Music. Thanks for listening.